you can really have a deeply rich and vibrant life when you allow yourself to be in love, just to be in love, not even needing a reason or like an object or anything, just I choose to be in love. Like how radical is that? Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. Sophie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for making the time to visit us from Mexico City, where you are based. It's so lovely to connect with people all over the world who are out there living their life, walking their path, sharing their wisdom. So thank you so much for making the time for us. Mm, It is so beautiful knowing that people are all over the world doing this. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I have clients all over the world, so I'm, I feel like I'm constantly all over the world, but it's, it's mind blowing when you're in the work doing it yourself and you're evolving and you're questioning and it can often feel really isolating. But Mm. when you see out there, we're all talking and singing from the same song sheet, really in every culture, in every language. It's just such a beautiful reminder that we're never alone on this path. Mm -mm. Yeah, beautiful to come together. So let's kick off. Before we get into learning about all who you are and the magic that you weave in this world, I would love to hear your favourite quote. If it's okay, I'd love to read you my favourite quote from one of my favourite books. Um, just if for those of that are listening, Sophie just held up <laughs> Rumi's book. And so as soon as I the saw essential that, like, Rumi. Oh, oh. Yeah. So this is the essential Rumi translated by Coleman Barks. I've had this book since I was like 19. Oh. And this is one of my favorite uh, poems, actually. And I'll, I'll emphasize my favorite quote in the poem when we get there. Um, it's chapter 18. The title is The Three Fish Gamble Everything for Love. It starts with, on gambling, to a frog that's never left his pond, the ocean seems like a gamble. Look what he's giving up, security, mastery of his world, recognition. The ocean frog just shakes his head. I can't really explain what it's like where I live, but someday I'll take you there. Okay, that's the intro. I'll read the poem now. I'll show you my favorite quote. If you want what visible reality can give, you're an employee. If you want the unseen world, you're not living your truth. Both wishes are foolish, but you'll be forgiven for forgetting that what you really want is love's confusing joy. Gamble everything for love if you're a true human being. If not, leave this gathering. Half-heartedness doesn't reach into majesty. You set out to find God but then you keep stopping for long periods at mean-spirited roadhouses. In a boat, down a fast-running creek, it feels like trees on the bank are rushing by. What seems to be changing around us is rather the speed of our craft leaving this world. Okay, that's my favorite. It's one of my favorite poems. I have many, but that's one of my favorites. And I love this. Gamble everything for love Mm -hmm. if you're a true human being. 
If not, leave this gathering. Half-heartedness doesn't reach into majesty. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> it, it's hard to even put, it's hard to even respond to that. <laughs> Let's just feel it then. Let's just feel the yeah. echo of of that poem for your listeners as well. Just like feel if and how and where that that resonates and lands in your body. Half-heartedness does not respond reach. to majesty. Oh, it does not it reach. It does not reach into majesty. And I think that, I mean, we're talking about love, but I think that is for love of anything that you do, that you choose, that you say, not just romantic connection per se. Oh, totally. It's you'll be forgiven for forgetting that what you really want is love's confusing joy. Yeah, I, my whole, truly like my whole belief and worldview is that your entire life is your love life. Romance, love, intimacy, these kinds of things ought not be reserved just for one person in your life or just for your family or your close ones. Like you can really have a deeply rich and vibrant life when you allow yourself to be in love just to be in love not even needing a reason or like an object or anything just I choose to be in love like how radical is that so yeah and how poetically simple <laughs> truly yet all the things that we do or as Rumi says all the barriers we put in place of that to protect ourselves or to think that it needs to be contextualized or look or feel or be experienced in a particular way or form. Mm -hmm. Yet we are love. And it's a mystery to be explored mm. and experienced and not pointed directly at, you know? So <laughs> say that again. <laughs> say love is <laughs> that again. Love is a mystery to be experienced and explored. It's not like a thing to be pointed at. As in the direction of our love, as in the, the giving of our love, is that what you mean by pointed at? I mean, it's not like a thing. It's not like a mm. static thing, but it's, it, it is that which is uh, all things, right? And so we can't, you can never quite grasp it because it's like the undercurrent of all things. It's the mystery to be explored, to be lived into. And yet I mean, how, <laughs> how dedicated are we as humans to contextualizing it, celebrating it in certain ways, ritualizing yeah. love in only particular contexts and celebrating it in only particular contexts? Yeah, and how can that, you know, maybe not be wrong or right, but that's mm. just part of how we maybe collectively are open to experiencing it. And maybe we can shift those boundaries. Maybe we can redefine those things. Maybe we can explore, you know, new ways that are more suitable for this new world that we're co-creating. So what yes. we want love to actually feel like and look like in our community, in our interrelationships with nature, with ourselves, with each other, with God, you know, like, yeah, to I want to ask there are you about concrete that. answers. I want to dive into that in terms of what what how you see is 
a beautiful empath, but also as a as someone who literally works with people on love, mm-hmm. how you do see that in the new world. But before we dive in, I mean, I know who you are, obviously. I, I've connected with you <laughs> and I'm a big fan of your work. I came across Sophie on um, TikTok, actually, and I just lap up her her energy and her, her like, for want of a better word, her vibe. I was just so drawn to it. Um, so can you share with our audience who you are, where you've come from, what you do? Yes. The please introduce yourself question is one of the, I know it's, it's, it's a great place for growth for me. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. My name is, my name is Sophie. <laughs> I, uh, I work as a holistic love, sex and relationship coach. That's what I call the work that I do. Um, my path into that work, um, came from many years of spiritual seeking I grew up in a pretty atheist environment and I really felt a thirst, a deep thirst to know the felt experience of God um, Mm. starting when I was about 19 years old. And so I pretty much have had like a bend towards an alternative lifestyle and doing things uh, different than the the formula um, for most of my adult life. And Thankfully, that path took me to study and learn and experience and travel um, a lot of things in a lot of places uh, with people and mentors and teachers that have just blessed me uh, with their wisdom. And so I, I bring a lot of those pieces together in my intuitive practice in the way that I work with my clients and some other fun, creative projects that I'll be launching very soon. But um, yeah, I, I, I heard it somewhere, this, this sentiment that is, I am love, in love, with love. And it's so cheesy, but it's like, oh, that's the most, that's probably one of the more accurate ways to introduce myself. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> just hold that too. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's so, it's so beautiful. Like we said at the beginning, love is the core, the essence, the truth of who we all are and here you are the way I see it. So I'll, um, I'll give my take <laughs> on you, even though it's yeah. <laughs> I reflect a back reflection. To you in that you allow people to come back to a place of relationship with love within themselves, even though they might seek to come to you for them to be in love with others. Yeah. I love over-delivering. People come to me thinking they're going to get one thing and then they might get an awakening. They might get a, you know, unlock like their multi-orgasmic potential or like whatever it is. And you're like, ha you thought you were just coming for this, but like, yeah, it's more. It's, it's never <laughs> the thing. Nothing is ever as it seems. And anyone who has you know, being that seeker or, or that excavator of their own consciousness and life, as you have, as I have, you we know that you never just go to a you go to a healer or a mentor or a guide or whatever for the thing, and it's never the thing. It's always something bigger, deeper. It's part of the joke. It's part of the cosmic joke. They're like, haha, like you thought you knew it. You thought you could control the situation. You thought you knew, and I think. I think for most of us, getting humbled Mm. is such an important part of the process. And 
if you're if you're lucky, you'll have people or experiences on your path uh, that can do that in a graceful way. Yeah. <laughs> and do you think that's why some like I heard you say it, and I hear myself say this all the time. It's like, well, I call myself this, but it is really kind of hard to define. Uh, in terms of what you do and what you deliver because of that, because whoever comes to you, whoever is drawn to you, you're just coming together to to help them explore or explore together. And so the curriculum or the context or the topic is never decided by you or them. It is just, you know, channeled through. And, and, but to our point from before, to me, that's the mystery. That's yeah. the, am I willing to be with what is? Am I willing to just engage with what is, to be involved in that, whatever that looks like and continue putting to the side what I think this should be. And f- for me in my work, one of, the, one of the most pivotal moments for me when I, was when I, it was on the path of really learning how to hold space and how to, how to lead transformational experiences for others was when you learn how to take out an agenda you just take out the agenda and you just witness what does the energy want? What does it need? Where does it want to flow? How does it want to move? Because to me, it's like our bodies, our, our essence, it knows how to restore itself, how to put itself back into balance, how to lead itself on where it needs to go. We just have to give it a chance. And so, to, yeah, to, to your point, it's part of just like letting the unfolding unfold. And how can I be in awe of that, in service to that? For sure. <laughs> For sure. And so when when you work with clients, what do you find, especially as women, um, what do you find is the most prevalent thing they come to you for, but the truth that underlines mm-hmm. that? And I'm, this is a big brush stroke sweeping yeah. assessment. But I think... <sighs> Personally, yeah. I find in my work, everyone comes for the same thing <laughs> and it's just in different little masks or forms. So what do you find? Yeah, I find that a lot of women underestimate themselves, undervalue Ooh. themselves um, and, and it's not their doing per se, it's often the reaction to the world and the conditions, uh, you know, of their, of their path. Um, But I find that mostly what it is, is women being disconnected from their inner power and their inner voice and disconnected from the ability to act on that, to act on their intuition and to really act in service of yeah, their true, their true power. There's a lot of, of compromising, of playing small, of, of doing this and that and whatnot that I see across the board. Um, so a big part of my, my passion is like, how can I create permission and space for you to inhabit your full goddess or whatever that essence feels like to you in your body? Like the world literally needs you in your power fully, fully aligned with what inspires you, with what makes you excited uh, to bring your gifts into the world. Like that's the world that I want to live in where everyone is like 
has their gift and is sharing it and is celebrating it and is in service to it. Like that's thriving. That's collective thriving. So for me, what I witness is just is smallness. And like, yeah, it's like these little obstacles, these little barriers, these, these limiting beliefs, these thoughts, these imprints of trauma, big and small, um, that just keep the energy kind of, you know, kind of contained. Uh, and so I like, I like, you know, liberating the wild in, in women and making permission to, to love without fear. Yeah, I could say more, but that's and what and what happened. So, I think a lot of that, and this is a little bit of a curveball I'm throwing you, but I think a lot of that. I love that you said you want them to be wild and to love without fear. How how possible is that? I mean, I think it's possible, but how realistic is that in a world where socially we're conditioned to wait to be chosen? The man asks you, oh. we wait the man to ask you out. The man asks you to marry you. How do you overcome those <laughs> chosen barriers? That is just a societal construct. It's got nothing to do with truth. That's such a beautiful question. And honestly, not something that I've thought about in that, in that way before. And maybe before I'll answer, I'll just share this experience that I had the other day with a, I was talking with a girlfriend about how she never, um, pursues or approaches men she only like they come to her and then she'll kind of decide from there and mm-hmm. I was like I had this aha moment where I remembered being 23 or something and thinking to myself you know if I only wait for men to approach me then like where's my agency in knowing what I want and going after it and choosing it and there's a balance right of, of masculine yeah. and feminine uh, dynamic and polarity in in how to do that gracefully um but I've been thinking about that conversation that she and I had a lot recently um and so but to really answer your question I think the essence of it is in the practice of non-attachment mm. I want to love fully because I want to love fully and I trust that like I can love with abandon and I don't need anything from you, right? Unless we have like a a contract and a commitment and a partnership where we've established that. But generally speaking, I think there's a profound freedom, even a spiritual freedom that comes from just letting ourselves love and not expecting anything in return. Yeah. But but difficult because we are taught, I believe, that you love for a purpose. Yeah, and that's why I call what I do radical romance. <laughs> I think it's genuinely radical to be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love. I'm gonna love this life, not just despite, but even because of all of its complexity. I'm gonna love this person, whether they want to engage with me or not. Because that's how I honor, praise, celebrate, worship, actually immerse myself in my life. It's radical. It's maybe not available for everyone readily, but I am working on really fleshing out the the how and the way. And so, you know, follow along with my my work as I continue growing because I'm really putting a lot of energy into pulling apart this philosophy but it's I mean it's has roots in in tantric philosophy I mean this is not it's not new to say let your entire life be love and and need nothing in return 
it's not new, but it's not necessarily a, an easy, comfortable fit for the modern Western mind and conditioning. So, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, this is, I mean, you touched on it just briefly, and this is a huge conversation. I mean, this is not just a question in a podcast. This is like a series, but <laughs> I just love your brief take on the playfulness, the complementary balance, the push-pull, the beautiful connection of that masculine and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a big pause there because she's going, <laughs> what on earth? That, that is not, <laughs> that's yeah, not a I question, mean, that's, that's a, big... a whole book. <laughs> I think, okay, the way that I'll answer that question is let's get out of our minds about it and into our bodies. So, so we all have both quote unquote energies in us, right? We all have the blueprint of masculinity and femininity. And depending on our life experiences, what we learned from our caregivers, our role models, our lovers, whatever, we're going to have different notions of what those things maybe mean to us. And I think rather than trying to read all the books and study all the things and listen to a bunch of people tell you a bunch of stuff, feel into your body what it feels like to be in your quote unquote feminine, what it feels like to be, you know, think about your feminine anatomy or your whatever that means to you. I actually think the beauty of it is it might mean a different thing to you and to someone else, right? So we talk a lot about receiving and, and magnetism and things like that. You know, we know that the egg chooses yeah. the sperm, but I like to think about that at scale, right? Like my, egg, like, mm. like even when a man walks into a room, like what if it's still the egg that is choosing those pieces, right? So there's a very strong magnetism that we associate with, femininity, especially when you're connected to your sexual power and, and you really feel that in your entire body, you can feel it when a woman walks into a room and she knows her power, like, you know, then feel into your body and feel what, what might masculine energy feel like to you? What might that somatically feel like in your musculature, in your gaze, in your, your organs I don't know explore it right there's no Mm. like right answer there and then I think the beauty is that when two or more people come together they each come in with their own unique balance of these of these energies and the exploring of what suits you is one of the beautiful processes of relationship building and discovering and unfolding um and so some women, you know, might have an imbalance being quote unquote, like really ma- hyper-masculine or something in their approach. Maybe they're business owners, maybe they're on all the time. They have to make a lot of like, yeah, really like decisions and da, 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 da. they're just on all the time. And so when they bring that energy into their relationship, mm. it could potentially cause a really strong disservice because if you're in that energy, then what energy is your partner in? If you're making all of the decisions and, and really holding that directive, what is your partner doing? So there's no wrong, but there is the exploring of like what suits you and what suits your partner and what suits the truth of the love that you're building between you. 
Um, or if you don't have a partner, even just to feel in your mm. own life, like I oscillate between so many expressions in the binary and beyond the binary of, of energies that I can inhabit. And I like to, to, to think about how can I participate in this inevitable oscillation of my energy? So yes, I track my cycle, right? I'm aware of when I'm maybe hormonally most optimized to be in my quote unquote feminine versus my quote unquote masculine. Um, but different tasks, different social gatherings, different moments, we can really choose to lean in and activate a different part of ourselves by how we adorn, by how we eat, by how we speak, by where in our body we choose to speak from. We have a lot of power about how we want to be in any given moment. So I think, I mean, this has been very long, but hopefully a fruitful answer to your question. I think there's a lot, um, a lot to say about it, but it's more important that each person feel and experience and delight in the process of experiencing what that energy actually means for them. I've, I'm just literally <laughs> laughing that up. I have to listen to that a million times over um, <laughs> because there is so much in that. And I think that this, the search for the embodiment of the feminine and then how does that work with the masculine? You know, it's, it's what I get asked a lot by my clients, you know, I still need to get shit done. It's like, yeah, but you're both. And the duality of that, you, you just described it so beautifully. Mm -hmm. And obviously the biggest take from that is that it's something that he's felt. It's not something that is necessarily conceptualized, but from the feeling you can then conceptualize, but it's also a massive discerning choice. <laughs> you can choose you know, mm -hmm. to observe and then flow with it or not or shift it or move it. And I want to ask you a question that, you know, always kind of boggles me in my mind a little bit in that, and I'm very conscious about words because words have so much energy and so much power mm -hmm. because of what we are used to the meaning and all of that kind of stuff. And the word that kept coming up for me, or I kept hearing was the word power. And to me, that word is a very masculine word when I hear it. And yet I, I do 100% subscribe to, expand into, and, and I'm constantly exploring what it means to be in my power and to love that moment. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about what does it mean when a woman is in her power? We've all witnessed it. We've all seen it. Mm -hmm. But I'd just love to flesh that out a little bit more to just give us more linguistic context around that word to help maybe shift and change its energy. Beautiful question. And, and thank you for sharing that to you. It has a connotation that's masculine. And I think, and you can feel into this, but I think there's something that's really reflective of the world that we live in that makes one think that. Um, but we know that things have not always been this way. And we know if we really look at what happens, women, I love women. Women mm. create life. They're the nurturers. They're the community builders. They're the ones that are oriented to, to beings and emotions and 
relationships in in a way where men can be, but can often be more oriented towards ideas and building and 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 in, in the most broad sense, whatever. We don't need to like keep holding up binary here. But to me, um, to to really understand how power exists and feels in the body so much of this to me comes down to sexuality that's why i that's why i bring sexuality into my work i'm a holistic love coach is what it's is what i call myself but almost every single one of my clients i build in some kind of sexual activation practices because your sex energy is your life energy like mm-hmm. flowers and pollinators is literally the earth having sex and we live on that we breathe because of that we eat because of that like the the earth is so sexy and like we are her and we are a part of that and to me power is that process of life death life power is when you're aligned with what is power is power is when you're yeah to be aligned with what is is to be in your body Pardon me, I keep coughing, so I'm muting myself to cough. <laughs> Both of us are quite like fluey at the moment. So don't mind us and our husky, sexy little voices in this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Power oh. is when you are aligned with what is. And it's when you're it's when you're in your body in place, in the moment in an ecosystem, as an animate being, aware that everything around you is not an object, it's not dead, it's a subject. Immediately you get to enter into relation with life and that relation is the power. So really power is when you are so confident within yourself, you know who you are, you know your limitations you know your endless potential that you have no doubt or fear about playing with flirting with interacting with all the different subjects out there because you know it's just part of this magical connection Mm -hmm. going back to how I see you and your work is about connection going back to that connection and this knowing isn't a cognitive it's not a knowing that you that you understand with your mind. It's a knowing that you feel. It's it's a gnosis with a G, if you will. It's mm. like that to me is when you're in the true power. Because my what is my power? But life itself moving through me. <laughs> really. So what am I calling upon? Where am I, where am I getting my inspiration from? My ideas from, right? Where am I getting my actual power from? Like my physical power is from my food. My food is life. My food is water and sunshine and rain and the, yeah, the process of millions of years of co-evolution and like, I'm sorry. I'm like in a (laughs) call. Guys, we are real humans in real time, just doing our thing. And that con- that Ooh. commune, that connection with all that is, is true confidence because 
Another thing I intended to talk to you about was confidence, but I don't need to talk to you about that because to me, the word confidence and power feels a little bit interchangeable here that, you know, to become confident, I believe, is just to become whole within yourself. And that doesn't mean that you're a whole human being and you Mm. figured it all out and you know who you are. It just means you're actually really strong within the process of evolving, of shifting, of changing, of exploring, of loving Mm. all Mm. that is. I think what I'll add to that is I, I find a lot of joy in the process of my confidence by knowing when I know something, like when I feel something to be true when I have an intuition or an impulse or just a knowing that I can act on it. And when I don't know that I can surrender that, I can listen, I can trust mm. life because I have just as much confidence in my own abilities and my own being as I have in life. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a really really practical issue barrier thought that I can't imagine there's a human on earth that's never been through this. So let's I want to distill this philosophy or energetic chat down to an actual humanly lived example, and it was literally a conversation I was having with a friend last night where. She has very strong feelings for someone but is unsure of where he is in his affections or intentions towards her. And so in practical teachings that we're talking about here, this is how I would and I would love your input because I think it's going to be much more profound than mine, but she can look at it and go, I know how I feel. And that's enough. What they do with their feelings has really nothing to do with her and it doesn't erode my confidence within myself. But then how do you stop projecting onto them what it is that you do desire from them because you feel this way? Is that where we trip ourselves up in the in the giving away of our power, our confidence? To what we want from the situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we each get to choose how we want to live and not one way suits everybody. But I think the practice of letting people be and not needing to manipulate might feel like a strong word, but not needing to manipulate a situation to the outcome that you think you want to just let people be. Uh, I think there's a potentially an even more profound sense of peace and satisfaction that can come from true relating Mm. founded on that. um, Then Sorry, I'm about to cough again. <laughs> That's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in because I would say my most intimate, most beautiful, most profound relationship, I think, or connection that I've ever had was with someone who never was able to step into that in the physical form. And just having the confidence or or the power to love with of course I knew what I wanted, but it was 
so much more than that. Like almost like loving was enough. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. If you want to ask it more in a more direct way again, I'd be happy to talk. How do we, how do we know who we are and what it is that we want and how it is that we feel like we we're embodied, we're empowered yet not get caught up in the whirlwind of then how that is reflected back to us. So I like someone, they don't like me back or I'm not sure where I stand with them. And I just watch women all the time just go down the rabbit hole. And she said, literally, she said to me last night, I'm, I am spinning out because she was so caught up in where he was at. I, I do very much so believe that the world reflects Mm. our subconscious beliefs as well. So we might think we're showing up to love fully. We're fully emotionally available. We But actually we maybe at some point in our life benefited from the attention of people who weren't able to commit fully to us. And so then we attract those patterns, but it's super subconscious. And we're like, why is this happening to me? And so I think coming back to the, can you be with what is, can you be with the mystery? Can you be with this? And, and not be like, oh, this is wrong. He doesn't like me. He should like me. Be like, interesting. I've attracted this lesson for my curriculum. Like, what is it that, you know, I need to, how do I need to ride this wave? What's, what's true for me here? Um, I think just coming into curiosity is a absolute superpower when it comes to getting the love that we want. So that and then yeah keeping in mind that there are oftentimes these very subtle residual imprints from different traumas and different relationship patterns in our childhood in our teens in our lives that will show up continuously until we address the underlying beliefs um, and somatic expression of those unprocessed emotions feelings energy things like that so to me the process really involves doing all of that um and even then like <laughs> life might still surprise you like for sure <laughs> for sure and that's I think respecting how complex and deep uh and multifaceted we are I think that's the most beautiful thing about us yeah oh my goodness I could talk to you about so many things and I I just have this knowing that our listeners are going to have questions for you um, and just aspects of their life that, or aspects of this talk, actually, this conversation that they may want unpacked more. So if you do, please feel free to shoot them through. Um, All Sophie's contact details are in the show notes. I'm sure she won't mind you reaching out, but I can't, I cannot suggest highly enough. Please jump onto TikTok and follow her at Love Sophie Burns because there's just daily wisdom and insights that are raw, unscripted, and just so true um, that can really, you know, spark that curiosity and that confidence to be with the mystery in you. Mm. Yes. Please. But if you have I, if you have a lot of questions, I'm will I will beg Sophie to come back on and we can ask. <laughs> I would love to do a part two. Um <laughs> yeah, ask your questions. And I I really am working on some incredible things that'll be coming later this summer. So 
follow along, hop on my email list. I also just um, uploaded a my link to my Cosmos page, which is kind of this like new social media thing. It's absolutely awesome. And on there, I have like a bunch of resources and playlists, book recommendations, like lots and lots of resources. And I'm continuously adding to that as well. So you can find that on my website. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for lots, lots more to come. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait to hear. And yes, definitely. We will try and schedule a part two to find out more about what you're offering, but to continue this conversation in terms of what you need unpacked and heard, we are open to it. Mm -hmm. Sophie, thank you so much for making the time to help us walk our path with just that little bit more light. Mm -hmm. You are so welcome. And let us remember that what you truly want is love's confusing joy. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.